and uh, start the screen share so that we can start nicely on the hour. Just give me a thumbs up if you can see the presentation here in front of you. Thank you, Zamu. And then I'll just admitting people as they come in. I find it incredibly funny that you admit people uh, in yet. It really, really sounds like a hospital. I can't think they've not thought of something else, but okay, then we're admitting people. So we're still on module one. And module one has been about business strategy. Now, for some of you who's been through the Octopus program specifically, or has at least started with the Octopus program, uh, you will know by now that uh, there's five modules in uh, the business strategy section. This is the last one, but there's so much more information that comes after this. This is only the first module out of nine modules. And so we've put this one at the front, which seems to be the most obvious thing to do, business strategy. But the message here is that there's so many entrepreneurs, so many even successful entrepreneurs that doesn't make a plan. They don't sit and look at the bigger picture and therefore they fall in, into all sorts of pit holes and those pit holes really swallows them whole. And it's the sad story because uh, the, the talent is there, the competence is there, but it gets directed into the wrong direction. A classic example is people that sit for hours and hours on social media, whether they should actually be in their car and meeting other people. That's just a classic example of what people do. So let's look at concluding module one business strategy today. First, let's see exactly what we're speaking about today. We're going to give you a step-by-step -step on how to craft a strategy and plan for your business. So previously, it was a bit more of the bird's eye view. It was a bit more of the overview. Today, it's going to be more practical. And specifically, if you look there at the five topics, we're going to cover your strategic environments, why they are super important why it's important that you consider accountability partners and the difference that make. We're going to go back to the one-page strategy plan to 10 beginning of the series, but this time we're going to show you a completed version so that you have an idea of how to complete it because you may have played around a little bit in the meantime and, and tried to complete it, uh, but this will just give you that boom, this is how you do it. And then we're also going to be looking again at 4Gs. Mike has already discussed it with you in the last session that he did. But this time I'm giving you a 4Gs worksheet. So I'm making it more practical for you. I'm giving you an example of what it typically can look like. And also people sometimes ask me, but Lani, how does the one-page strategy plan and the 4Gs priorities work together? So I'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll talk about tracking and measurements something a lot of people don't necessarily enjoy doing, but is many times the main, main difference between the successful entrepreneur and the one that is not successful. So let's move on. So strategic environments, it's just, you know, uh, such a powerful way to, to stretch the peripheral view of your mind. I say to people over and over again, uh, but it's something that's incredibly dear to my heart. And that's the fact that if you go after this call today, that you really put yourself in an environment that is creative and that you put yourself in an environment that inspire you. Now, I know there's many people at the moment who uh, still can't leave their houses or is limited in how they can move around, but I want to encourage you to really look at different ways in which you can get imagery in front of your eyes if you're making plans for your business and your future. You know, if you're stuck in your house, you can put a projector on and you can project against the wall. I remember many moons ago when I was training people in boardrooms and we couldn't get them out of nature. 
we would literally put nature on the television screen. We would literally put the sounds of birds in the background. Uh, we would have more plants in the boardroom area to get that connection and that greenery. And already it was phenomenal what difference it made to them. So for you, if you want to go and really relook re your strategy, if you're in a position where you're going, look, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. I'm not getting results. Go to your office, shift it around shift your furniture get plants in there put bird sound on there nice music bring nature into your home if it's possible even put a bird feeder out on your porch or balcony or somewhere so that you draw the birds to you if you can get out that of course is number one i like it when people as i said stretch out their peripheral view you know if you don't you tunnel so if you tunnel on your strategy on your marketing strategy or your sales strategy or not making enough money or panicking because the clients are not coming in you're really having a tunneling view which is very similar to this year where you're looking through tunnels whereas if you pay attention to the environment in front of you like the picture you see here and you make that environment phenomenal your view becomes like this so you stretch that view out and therefore your brain has more capacity for creativity and for problem solving which is really what you want to do as an entrepreneur i mean look at the difference this page inspires it's not necessarily what you want in front of you but you can make use of art in your in your office as well really something that expands your mind that opens your mind that makes you wonder and here's the keyword get you from analytical knowledge-based thinking into creative imaginary thinking because that's where the solutions to, to your problems is lying so before we even jump into the nitty-gritty of your strategy plan make sure that you become very very aware of your environment and you'll notice the difference in your thinking the quality of your thinking from one environment to the next then of course accountability partners what you're seeing uh, i'm doing here setting you up here for success uh, to say look you're gonna put the strategy plan in place but let's make sure you absolutely set up for success you know it's like me sending you into the battlefield and you have no armor on you know it's no use for me to say here's your template here's your strategy plan uh fill it in and you'll be okay it's just not how it works there's so much uh, um external factors that that influences the su success and environment is only one of them the sec second one is your accountability partners which is probably more of a traditional word but i'm really talking about support you know if you're going to be sitting in your office every day on your uh, laptop or computer and achieve things you're going to become eventually incredibly unproductive in fact in a previous career of mine where it was my job to go into corporates and uh, assess the productivity of their teams i was always blown away by how low those statistics were and how little people do on a day-to-day -day basis now i'm definitely not promoting that you sit for 18 hours and work full speed at the highest performance and highest energy i think that's impractical what i am saying is that if you do end up working full speed for four or five or six hours a day make sure that those hours count and one of the ways you can do that is with accountability partners now when i talk about accountability partners i don't necessarily mean uh you know you have this one person and you phone each other on a friday and you go how did you do how did you do that's useful um but i'm really talking more of a group uh format or community you know there's a few of you sitting on this call here today um take down the names send each other private messages while i'm speaking here and go hi uh everyone my name is uh robert uh hi nigel i see you here on this call can we perhaps uh, call and see 
what what we do let's get to know each other a little bit better um and then maybe you like each other maybe you don't like each other maybe that's not your way to connect with people maybe you want to go afterwards rather um and send an email to a person maybe you want to do a coffee online maybe you get so acquainted at some stage and there's a few of our circle of excellence members and octopus tribe members that does this they find one or two people on calls or on the, the, the Facebook pages from around the world and they form a little mastermind. And that little mastermind you can decide needs once a month or once a quarter. Some of you may want to have coffee masterminds. Some of you may want to have a wine tasting mastermind. Some of you may want to have a uh, whatever floats your boat. And then you talk about this content and then you talk about what's working in business and whatnot. And then you talk about trends and you get that support. It makes the world different. You know, when they put people in uh, hospitals on, um, on programs, whether that's a program to help with an illness or, or whether that is a program that allow you to take medication at a certain time, whatever, they know that these small support groups or accountability partners is something that's been going on for ages because it is based on tribal psychology. If you're going to try and achieve something as an individual sitting in front of your computer, trying to execute your strategy on a day-to-day -day basis alone, you are a one. But if you can start forming these pockets of support around you, then one plus one starts to equal 11. So the sum total of what you can put out and what you can achieve and your levels of motivation is 10 times better because you're a social being and therefore you have a pack mentality. So make sure that you become aware of your environment. Make sure that you do have accountability partners and so that you feel supported throughout the process. And now with all of that, we get again back to the one page strategy plan. This is the template that we showed you in the beginning of the series, but this template is now in a completed example. And I really wanna encourage you to take a picture of this if you want to. Of course, this is not gonna apply exactly to your business and industry, but we thought it would be useful for you if you just see how we do it, how we complete this template. So for those of you who've seen the template for the first time, we have five columns here, five columns that really touches deeply on the strategy of your business and help you to have a plan that can literally sit on your screen or get printed out. I'm quite a big fan still of printing these plans out. I really enjoy printing it out and, and putting myself in a real nice environment and you know, literally analyze it and look at it and, and think it through. And then sometimes then to take it to my little ring of steel and say, look, I feel comfortable about the about you section, but here in the sales section, I'm still trying to get my head around things um, and then ask people about it. And the most phenomenal changes to the plan comes many times. So here's your five columns. It is a good start. And it's a start that most people in entrepreneurship hasn't even considered. They stuck in their marketing or stuck in something else as opposed to, to see the big picture. Your first column is really about you. That's what makes our uh, council to entrepreneurs quite unique and different. Uh, we help people to build a business around their life and not the other way around. So a lot of people build the business and then they try and get their life and their value system and their dreams and desires to fit into that. Whereas we do it the other way around. We say, look, if you are a family man or if you're a person who really loves to travel a lot, um, 
whether that at the moment means locally or internationally or in your mind, or if you're a creative person, we're going to build a different type of business for you than we're going to build for a person who's, for, for example, has values there like wealth creation, or maybe they have values like uh, autonomy, or maybe they have uh, values like fierce independence. So already you can see how the type of business is going to differ. So many people are sitting, for example, at the moment building online courses and all that, but they don't have that technical, analytical, showbiz value, but they're trying to be a showbiz type of person on online courses and sit on their computer the whole day doing technical work. And then they get into that for a few months and get super, super unmotivated. So it's really important. This is not only important so that you live a life you want and also build a business around that, that support that life. This also becomes very important when it comes to the products and services you create. And one thing uh, that we do uh, a lot for our clients, our circle of excellence clients specifically, is to help them create premium products and services that can really be highly charged. And we find if their values in the beginning is wrong, that's where the process fall down because they go and create products and services that's not aligned with their values. So do go and think about your values. And then you can already ask yourself, how are these aligned with my offers, which is the very next column. Values needs to be listed here. Uh, if you ever want to write a book, the title of that book, now you may end up writing that book or not. We love to encourage entrepreneurs to do that because it gives them way more authority and credibility in the market. But we're not asking you in the strategy plan to write down the title of your book because you're going to write a book. It merely is to help you understand more the essence of who you are and what your message is, is to the world. Because again, what a lot of people do, they go and develop products and services and a brand uh, that is not aligned with their main message. And that's where the process starts to break down. Then any red flags that you think might come up during the process, be very honest with yourself. We've listed here, for example, a scarcity mindset. You know, you're always scared you're not going to make enough money or you're going to run out of money. That normally uh, leads to poor quality decision making because you think there's not enough. And, uh, um, and there's a lot of people, I have to say to you, most of the people we work with um, have a scarcity mindset that's been imprinted uh, onto them by a very well-meaning parent or teacher. And then we need to sort of destruct that out of the mind so that the quality of the decision making goes up. And to be honest, media is not really helping at the moment. Then, uh, you know, you may recognize that, look, I'm an absolute expert in my field, but I've never had a proper sales process. It's something I need to be aware of. Um, in the beginning of this module one series, we spoke about the typical pitfalls that entrepreneurs fall into. And so I would really recommend that you go back to that and, and go and look at that uh, shipwreck prevention checklist we did there. If you're not sure how to fill in your red flags here. And this is why in today's session, what we do is we bring all these infographics that we shared with you together so that you can see how they can apply in these different areas. Maybe you realize you have a poor product or that you're in certain areas inexperienced and you need more education. This is just typical examples of red flags. If you have them here in the beginning, you can deal with it. You can work around that as opposed to just kicking it under the carpet and it comes back later in the implementation of your strategy to bite you. Then you need some goals. Uh, you know, you really want to use numbers here. You really want to put the numbers, the targets in here. You can say, maybe I want now five new customers per month, five new key accounts, maybe if you work with corporates, or I just simply want 150,000 US dollar profit, uh, depending on what currency you're using uh, per annum, 
or whatever. Just go and list it. And to do this already for a lot of people is very scary. But do go and crunch a little bit of numbers. You don't have to necessarily do a budget that is this big. And please, this is not meant as financial advice. The message that I'm bringing through here is that have some numbers down, have some vision and something to, to, to reach for so that you can see whether you're on track. If you're not doing it and you're not giving that to your accountability partner, you're really not measuring what you're doing here. Now, I do understand there's a lot of people out there that make you only focus on the numbers. And I think that also takes a lot of magic and imagination and creativity and flexibility out of your plan. So I think a balance of both is probably the way you want to go. So that's the column there about you. Uh, a very good way for you to start when you fill it in. And I have to tell you, I cannot tell you how many people start working with me and Mike and get stuck in this column for months and they start realizing that they've really built a, a product or a service or an offer that is responsive to the market only and has not considered their personal dreams, desires, strengths, values, essences at all. That brings you then to the second column where you go into your offer. You have to go and define your avatar or your ideal buyer. I like it when people give a name to it. Uh, so, for example, I've said here that I want a business owner that employs 10 to 20 employees in the textile industry, but ultimately, um, you know, what will be basically, and I'll, I'll use the name of the person I actually know, what would be best a uh, business owner with 10 to 20 employees in the textile industry, the person I know that is the ideal profile for this strategy plan is called Muzaffar Cecily. So now rather than talking about I want business owners who employ 10 to 20 employees in the textile industry, I'll just constantly say that I want 100 Muzaffers. I want 100 Muzaffers. I want 100 because that's the profile. And I don't want to deviate from that profile. And the more I know I want Muzaffers, the more I'll go and research Muzaffers and profile Muzaffers and see what they read and see what TV shows they watch and see where they go and travel. And that's why I start building that list there of, of all these people. Names, surnames, contact numbers. It's not good enough to just say um, there are business owners with 10 to 20 employees in the textile industry. You want those names and those profiles specifically. Then you're going to list your services. In this case, uh, it's coaching, keynote speaking and workshops. And then your products. You know, you may want to complement your service with the e-learning course or a mobile app that you're developing. By no means do you need both. We just do find people that have services and products. Their risk is managed a little bit better because they're a bit more diversified. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You can, for example, say, look, uh, my service is coaching, keynote speaking, workshops. And therefore, I do want a mobile app, but I'm not going to have the expense of developing it from scratch. But I am going to look for a partner who's already developed a mobile app and needs a speaker that's global to partner with. That's how you can do it. So therefore, you're not building out your business with your products and services. You're building out an empire. And then you look at your pricing. Uh, what is the price for do-it-yourself? You know, maybe you do have a mentorship or coaching business and there's a do-it-yourself online course. Uh, then there's a do-it-with-you where you maybe give some group coaching and there is a do-it-for-you, which is a full suite of consulting services and products and follow-ups, whatever. So that just helps you define your office a little bit better there. Then you move into the sales area. Uh, you know... <laughs> If you're a person with a personality and you're good in sales, you're a very, very unique, uh, blessed 
talented, sought after individual at the moment, because that's really something that will take you to the next level. And what me and Mike see over and over with sales is the person that tackles sales is usually the person that tackles their mind as well. It's incredibly psychological. Sales is very, very psychological because sales is about building relationships with people. Sales is about influencing people in a positive way because you believe your product and service can help you or help them. And sales really is about the conquering of the mind. It's about understanding psychology, individual clinical psychology, group psychology, and what makes people move. And um, so if sales is something that you've been steering away from, uh, the more you master sales, the more you're going to find you mastering yourself. It's a very, very interesting dynamic. But in the sales section here, for the purposes of your strategy uh, template here, your one-page business strategy, you want to first look at your positioning. You know, it's no use that you go and build this phenomenal sales kit and sales presentation and you have everything that you need for sales, but you are just not standing out in the market. You're not positioned correctly. You're not diversifying yourself. You open your mouth and people already are not taking you serious. So what we've put in our positioning strategy here for the purposes of this example is before I'm going to jump into my sales practices and processes and pitches, I'm going to look at my positioning online as well as offline. So I'm going to make sure I have my degree. And again, this is just an example. It may not be applicable to you at all, uh, but I happen to have degrees. So why not use that to my uh, advantage? I'm going to use that in this client so in this client's portfolio. And in this case study, I've achieved a percentage improvement. Note I'm working the positioning from the bottom up. The, bo the bottom uh, bullet is degree. Then I'll, I'll have case studies that say, look, I worked with this client. And this was their position. Here's a graph to illustrate it. And after my intervention, this is the percentage improvement. Look, this is my coaching accreditation. And here's my best-selling author book and my recent industry award. And I'm going to use that on my digital footprint. In other words, I'll make sure this is clear on my LinkedIn profile, clear on my personal website, clear on my Facebook pages, clear in maybe a business profile that you develop in a PDF format for yourself. You know, people use so much time and energy on all the social media. But then when you ask them, do you have one PDF, one or two pages, that is like a CV, that's just your professional business profile that tells people what's your bio, what's your qualifications, what's your skill set. Very few people have that. It's almost as if entrepreneurs are so put off by the CV that when they go into their own business, they don't do a CV for themselves again. But you don't have to do a CV. You can do a one or two pager that really just positions you in terms of your qualifications, your skill set or whatever. And then you email that to people. When people inquire about you, make sure that that business profile uh, for you is always attached there or available, or even as a form of a small infographic because it helps you with your positioning. And the better your positioning, the better your credibility, and the better your credibility, the more you will find people trust you. And that's what you want foremost in your sales process. Now that you have that, you move to your sales kit. There's many things you can choose from a sales kit uh, to help with the sales process. Uh, one of them being uh, a business brochure that just typically lists your products and your services and how people can play with you. Uh, I always get blown away and we're always trying to make it better and better and better for ourselves as well at how difficult it is sometimes to understand how you can work with a person, 
or what it's going to cost or exactly in what way you can play with them. And the reason why it happens is because most of you that sits on this call is experts in your field. And when you're an expert in your field, it's many times tough for you to explain to other people exactly the value that you're going to add and more importantly, the benefit and the outcome of that value. So you really have to dumb yourselves keep down. You really have to make sure that people understand exactly what you're going to be doing for them. It's for example, like art investment. I'm not sure how many of you on this call understand the, the formulas and the principles and the fundamentals around around building an investment portfolio with art. And most of you may go, oh no, it sounds too complicated. Now, if I put a brochure in front of you with case studies and examples and return on investments, you'll look at it completely different. And you'll go, oh, right. So yes, the countries where we find the art, I need an art broker. This is the percentages return on investment. And suddenly a world opens for you. That's why I'm such a big fan in building blueprints for our clients, because the blueprint helps with the communication process between you and your client. That's what it does. Now you can do a business brochure. You can have laminated case studies. You can have a beautiful folder with these case studies in there. You can do your sales presentation, which is a no-brainer, a good keynote that you uh, present from stage or on webinars or in person. Uh, you can have corporate gifts. I tell you, corporate gifts is making a massive, massive comeback uh, because people love gifting. People feel uh, isolated from each other. People feel they've not been romanced from a business point of view. They feel disconnected. So, you know, for me, even today, if I go to my postal box here in the apartment where we live and I receive from a skincare company just samples for my skin, I feel incredibly loved. It's, it's a It's a little bit of a, a no-brainer shortcut, especially for where we are now, is to just put yourself in a different league by asking people out for a lunch, sending them, buying them, you know, a takeaway coffee and taking it to that and put on their, you know, best regards, uh, Melanie, whatever. It, those things make the world's, the world's different and, and doesn't have to cost a lot. And then, of course, the good old business cards, uh, you know, I uh, do my nails with a lady called Dominique. She's an incredible nail artist. And every time I go and see her, she's so confident about how well she does the nails. She uh, finished my nails and then she puts a bunch of business cards in my hands. And then she goes, people's going to ask you, do you, you did your nails? Please give them these cards. And that's exactly what happens. And that's exactly how she builds her client base. So I know we ourselves promote many times, oh, business cards is old school, connect with people on social media, but there's still a lot of value in business cards, especially if you receive that card and you take that card somewhere, meaning it's not sitting in those old I don't know if you remember those holders that turned around like this and you, you propped your business cards in there and you just build the business cards, but you do nothing with that. But I mean, if you have 100 new business cards and you follow up and you build relationships with those people, something great is going to come from that. Even if you use those people to be part of your accountability partners, uh, your, your support group, your little mastermind, whatever, you, you really can build your ecosystem out like that. And then, of course, under the sales section, you have to learn to measure. Uh, you know, it's a tough one for people. You have to sit on the last Friday of each month, for example, and go, look, what amount of monthly revenue did I generate? What was my gross profit? What expenses did I incur? Uh, what amount of new business did I get, get in? What's my customer retention rate? Is everyone leaving? And everyone's measurements will be different. And, you know, sometimes you need one or two measures. You don't need a thousand measures. But if you sit every Friday, and I mean, in the beginning, you want to measure actually on a weekly basis, even more regular if you can. 
But if you sit every Friday uh, and you're measuring and there's no result, you have to change next week. Then you can't do next week what you've done the previous week. And one of the most powerful measurements that we use in our business, uh, I'm just quickly going to stretch over and get it for you. Just, just one second. I'm just getting it here for you, but uh, I want to give you some props here. Is this? It literally is our diary. It is really uh, going through the week, and you know we use color coding in the diary. So when uh, it's a Mike call, it has pink, and when it's a Lundy call, it has orange, and when it's a Mike and Lundy call together it is uh, green and then we know which one of these color coding uh, relates to sales calls and we know which one of these color coding relates to delivery calls and we know which one of these color coding relates to partnership calls because those are really the, the three columns you know you're selling you're delivering and you're partnering with other people and you know when we come to the end of the week and there's not enough color in here then uh you know we know we're actually not doing our job we're not delivering um and i'll give you a classic example because uh, you can see the color you can literally see how much pink how much green how much orange and that is an indicator for us of what's happening how much sales calls are happening or let's call it at least income generating calls how many delivery calls and grooming calls with clients is happening and how many partnership calls is taking place and that's just a system we've implemented to make sure that measurements stays top of mind because it's not always easy to sit at the end of the week and not have the information available. So if you can print out this strategy plan and have it next to your computer, that, that's a phenomenal plan. You may want to have a diary system the way we have. Other people have in their office the whiteboard and they sit and measure on a weekly basis. Now, when you get to that Friday, the feeling uh, that you may have is an uncomfortable feeling. And that's psychologically what most people do. They avoid any feelings that makes them feel uncomfortable. So when the going gets tough, they move away from the situation. Whereas people who build bulletproof mindsets would go towards the uncomfortable situation. That's the difference between a highly resilient individual and an individual where you go to them, you blow them and they fall over. The non-resilient individual move away from discomfort the resilient in, uh, individual face the music. Uh, they harden up a little bit. They sit on a Friday and go, didn't work. I'm going to have to do it different next week. Uh, I'm going to have to change, change my strategy and try again and try again and try again and try again. And that is how geniuses are born. It doesn't happen overnight. They keep on stretching the area of discomfort. That brings me now to the marketing leg. This is such a popular topic at the moment. I tell you, everyone's on the marketing bandwagon, but many times now we find that the person in essence is not having a problem with marketing. They're actually having a mindset problem or they're not putting measurements in place or they are, have not really um, considered their value. So it seems to show up as marketing most of the times, but I do want to encourage you to consider these other columns as well if you don't feel that your marketing strategy is working. Uh, for those of you who are on the Octopus program here, yeah, I really want to encourage you to go and look at the money train if marketing is your issue, because it will be incredibly valuable uh, to, to learn about the money train because it's a very highly convertible marketing system that can be applied online, offline, and on any platform. Uh, so yeah, you want to really look at your quality lead generation plan. I would say that for me many times is the, the excellent of life in the business. That's where the 
the the you know the water doesn't become stale that's where the fountain bubbles that's where things keep alive is this lead generation plan and that is your plan uh where you know where your traffic comes from do, do you really harvest people from linkedin do you work with the email newsletter that's got you good responses in the past and maybe after that you send people a proposal and so there's a chain of reaction that's starting um, have you always worked with customer referrals and that has worked well for you have you been speaking at events and that has really generated quality leads or have you been relying on public relations now i have listed these five because they've all proven to be very very powerful we might use a lot of linkedin we start a process with the money train on linkedin that takes people down a process we've also made use of public speaking very successfully as well as referral strategies and that's another thing you want to ask yourself do i actually have a formal referral strategy in my business and what does that look like do i incentivize people when they refer to me do i pay immediately so that they know that i'm serious about this do i hide invoices from them and then they go next time oh i'm never going to refer a person do i share business with other people how do i do it so make sure you have a high quality lead generation plan uh, do have a look at your LinkedIn profile. It's probably the social media with the most business credibility at the moment. So if you're going to be spending a lot of time on Facebook or Instagram or those places, do start with LinkedIn first. Make sure that, you know, when people go there, you do have a CV uh, because that's what it started out to be. It was a CV. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, it's your business profile. And, you know, if your LinkedIn profile says you have no skills, no endorsements, and you have no client reviews, and no one's raving about you, and the about section is written poor, and your picture is low resolution, and there's no activity taking place there, even if it's just a blog a month, one article a month, the message you're sending to the world is that I'm not in business, uh, which is many times not the case, but because that's the only exposure they have to you, they're going to go to a other person's LinkedIn profile and make use of their service or product and not necessarily get the quality and the love that you would have given them. And then, of course, you have to go and look at your digital footprint. Is your website up and working? Um, do you have a Facebook presence and do you maybe have a podcast? These are just examples. Your digital, your digital footprint might not be any of those. You might decide your digital footprint is going to be, um, well, a website is, is important, but you might decide it's going to be a website, it's going to be a LinkedIn profile and a YouTube channel. Or you decide your digital footprint is going to be a website only with a very powerful Instagram page. Or maybe you're in the cake baking business and you would much rather make use of Pinterest because it's visual. So you really have to go with one, what you enjoy and what gets you results. There's no use to sit on all these platforms if you don't get a return on investment and therefore you have to measure it. In our business, we're aware of which social media is not for a return on investment and only for branding and which social media is for a return on investment and um, branding as well. But as long as you measure it, that is the key uh, message there. And then the last pillar, you need support. Uh, get yourself some mentors and guides, uh, even if it's people in your own family that's successful and you can ask them questions. Uh, do look at people you can partner with, uh, like for example, corporates, uh, meetup organizers, a specific person who's a very influential, I made up this name, Chloe Kerr, as an example, but you might go, look, Chloe Kerr has a massive audience and is very influential. And just me partnering with partnering with Chloe Kerr will already create a one plus one is 11 effect. Look at potential assistance and then also look at your technology. Technology can be a fantastic support if you want to automate certain things in your business. But beware, 
they add up and can become super expensive. I, I sometimes say to people, drop a little bit of the software and make more of an effort to rather get yourself a virtual assistant or to ex, you know, pay more for, for a fuel or for buying people coffees. And so do focus first on being relational and then start investing your money in being transactional. You can be as transactional as you want. And it's very, very important for a business to be transactional because that's how you can automate and scale your business. But without the relationships initially, uh, people just won't choose you. They will choose the person where they feel more comfortable and uh, have more rapport with. So this brings me now to the four G's priorities that Mike spoke about. Um, and I just want to put it into a worksheet for you because this is what I call strategy press, press play. You now have your template, you've filled it in, and now you look at the template and you go, oh, where do I start? What do I do first? It's all this stuff at once. It's completely overwhelming me. Um, I'm so busy. My to-do list is so long, and we just don't advocate a to-do list. As Mike explained to you in the last session, and if you didn't see Mike's last session, go and have a look. He, he spoke about the four G's priority system there. And that's really developed to help people with overwhelm. We use it in our business as well. Uh, we literally uh, take our tasks that you see there in the strategy plan and we put it into this worksheet. So we go, which of those tasks is going to get us business? In other words, it's income generating. Uh, which of those tasks is going to help us to groom relationships? Uh, which of them will grow my business and which of them will be gold? In other words, my absolute dreams and aspirations. And the way me and Mike run the system is we literally use Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays to get and groom. That's why I have it there in green. This, we spend 80% of our time there. And then on a Friday, we grow in gold. We spend 20% of our time there. And that's always really helped us to not get into the grow stuff and the dreams but focus really on getting revenue and grooming relationships. But at the same time, then have a full Friday to work on strategy and growing our business and doing the gold stuff. So we're not throwing it away. And I think that's really important as well. So for clarity purposes, if you take your strategy session and your tasks there and you build it into this 4G's priority system, the get column, you'll ask yourself, what can I do to get more income? So tasks, so social media, if you can't measure that, you playing on Facebook is getting you more income. It doesn't go there. It goes on the grow because grow is what is required for my business to go to the next level. Your website is what is required for my business to go to the next level. Get is things like I have quotations that I sent out to my clients or I'm doing X amount of sales presentations per week uh, or, or you know I have a funnel that is already converting so I can actually measure X amount of activity will lead to X amount of conversion rates. Um, you know, if you've done speaking gigs, for example, and you know X amount of people from that becomes clients, then speaking gigs need to go in there. Groom is your relationships. What relationship should I invest in and why? So there comes delivery to clients, partnering with clients. I usually say to people, if you're already delivering to a client, if you've already sold something to the client, they're not under the get column anymore. They're under the groom column. Unless you upsell from that person or it becomes retention business, then it goes back to the get column. Get column for me is very much about new business as well as existing business that's recurring if it comes back to you. Delivery to clients, network events, relationships with people and partnerships is in your second column there. And your third column 
is to grow your business to the next level. And your fourth is what are the dreams that I want to achieve. So I've given you a little bit more there. Just again, for clarity, please take a photo of this if you want to. Under the get column, if you want more cash flow, then make sure that most of your time is spent on income generating activities. Two, groom. Here you allocate time spent with all the people in your life, including customers, partnerships, staff, joint ventures, family, and friends. So if your relationships are poor, your business is poor and your ecosystem become rotten. Three, your grow column. Focus here on the actions and projects that will grow your business to the next level. Um, and then the gold column is without cash flow and team, dreams re really, reali really realize. So do allocate time here for your passions, but with your main focus on the get and the groom column. So that's how you take that strategy document and you translate it into column, uh, priorities. And if you have these things next to you every single day um, and you move through the discomfort that is associated with some of these things, you will have a whole new experience, life and business. So yeah, I've just done some sticky notes for you to see how we actually categorize these. Um, so yeah, you see I've put social media under the grow column, admin I've put there, what sales meetings is going to get. It's going to income, generate income for me. Uh, my business events where I deliver to clients goes under groom. Visits to clients go under groom. Client work go under groom. My LinkedIn leads goes under get because I can directly measure that if I have so many leads, so many of them goes to a mastermind. From that mastermind, so many of them go to a strategy call. So many of them convert into clients. So we have the percentages around that. That's why a certain amount of activity on LinkedIn will lead for us to a certain amount of income. Website design, I've put there under grow. A lot of people get stuck there. Building systems for your business, uh, I've put under grow as well. Writing my book goes there under gold. So that is just a classic example. And lunch with grandma uh, got there under groom because if I don't comply to grandma's wishes, everything will fall down and don't work anyway. So so that's just an example of the mindset that we use in translating strategy into priorities. Again, you're welcome to take a photo if you want to. So I'm just doing a quick time check. Uh, I want to finish early on the session because I want to give an opportunity for some comments and questions if there's any. Uh, oh, I just had a one more there. Product design goes under grow as well. Um, you know, a lot of people wait for the perfect product before they sell. They don't have to. Uh, really something Mike has taught me, just have some product and sell the thing, you know, and then let the people build the product with you as you go. But if you have no people, the product's not getting built. So 80% of our time on getting groom, 20% of our time on grow and gold, no work on weekends. So that brings me to tracking and measurement. Uh, really important that you get your mindset into this. I've included this picture here because you want graphs, you want stats, you want numbers, you want percentages. If those things don't exist, get yourself an accountability partner, get yourself your best coffee or highest quality wine and have that meeting once a month and drill through the numbers. Have honest conversations with these people in your life and see where you're going because if there's no numbers, um, there's no growth and then you don't have a business. If you don't have a business, you don't have your independence. And if you don't have your independence, you don't have choice. So it all comes together. So numbers is your friend. It's not something that's there to intimidate you. Tackle the bull by its horns. 
uh, find ways to measure and track what you're doing in your business, put goals out there. You know, there is that saying, if you reach for the moon, at least you'll land upon the stars. But if you're not even reaching for the moon, you are like a flower blow, blowing in the wind. And eventually all the seeds is just going to blow in different directions. And then, you're, you're, you know, that seed's going to land there and that seed's landing there. And so you, you, you're just constantly the byproduct of the next, shiny object or opportunity you don't plant yourself into the grass into the ground in in proper soil like a tree that can grow it's always just the next thing it's like a moth to a flame whereas tracking and measurements is the the key the key measurement stick that will give you that um reality check really and also show you progress and encourage you to change direction and adapt if you need to because if the money is not coming in if the cash flow is not coming in if the business is not growing something somewhere needs to change um, so if you absolutely cannot do this at least get someone accountability partner or someone that checks in with you once a month and you do it together or they counsel you on this from a financial point of view so there is some recommended activities that you can do here um, in, in this uh, final lesson plan, module one, which is about strategy, uh, you can really go and once you've completed the one page strategy plan, organize each activity into one of the four columns of your 4G's priority worksheet. That's definitely something I'll highly recommend you do. And then also uh, have your up, uh, updated worksheet always printed out next to your work area. And if you're wondering if you're actually doing well in business strategy, if you're wondering if you actually got it right so far, then look at this evidence of accomplishment. You know, you can just keep it to yourself. This is a, not a school. This is really a, 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 a self-empowerment platform. So uh, make sure you've completed the lesson 100% online. If you've stumbled across this uh, webinar today with me and you've not listened to the rest, I would really highly recommend you listen to lesson one, two, three, four, and five. So go just and complete that. That for me is the curriculum. That's just the basic, the start point of it. And something may spur something in your mind that uh, make you go, oh, well, I never thought of that or whatever. Then uh, do make sure you start to measure consistent, healthy cash flow. That's the first measurement to say that if there's not consistent cash flow, the business is not healthy. It needs, it's like blood. The blood needs to flow. If the blood constantly stalls, then the person gets blood clots. It's like water, you know, if water stops flowing, it's, it's stale and it smells. And it's the same with the business. So if cash doesn't flow, uh, if you can't get to a point where you predict your cash flow, it means your systems, your relationships, whatever, somewhere there's a hole. And this is what makes the business one-page strategy incredibly valuable because it allows you to look for the holes. You can use it as an assessment. And, you know, when you have it there next, you go, mm, I'm not doing enough of this. I'm not partnering enough. And, and that, that way, get, get the whole ecosystem kickstart started. Look whether you're having valuable and long-term relationships. If you look back on your timeline and you see that, You've not managed long-term relationships with partners, friends, customers, colleagues. That may be the problem. You may have a relationship problem. You don't nurture your relationships. It's difficult for people to trust you. You don't follow up. You don't answer people's questions. You forget things. You overpromise. You underdeliver. You say you'll come back to people. You don't. Those are all classical Dale Carnegie, how to make friends and influence people. Um, so I, I cannot recommend that book more. I know everyone say that. 
And so I think because everyone says that you build up such a resistance to the book, but even if you don't want to go to his book, uh, do have an honest conversation with yourself because I see some of the most strategic gurus on this planet are people with impeccable, not good, impeccable relationships. They don't drop the ball in the thing. Um, and then, of course, if you want to know if you're strategically doing well, uh, look if you're giving ad adequate time to grow your business and execute your passions. Now, it's a funny one that I put there because I just said to you, you have to spend 80% time on get and groom. But what I didn't say is that you have to spend 100% of time in get and groom. You need that 20% to spend on the growth of the business and passions, but ring fence that. Put a time limit and a boundary around that. Otherwise, you're going to end up to be the type of entrepreneur and business owner that just sits on your computer and going nowhere slowly. So that is my uh, presentation for today. The next you'll see either me or Mike speaking to the octopus would be on module two, where we're going to delve a bit more into conscious leadership and more specifically, what the leaders, uh, including ourselves and the people that we mingle with, what they do um, to impact and influence other people in a positive way, how they make use of their strengths, their ecosystems, their products, their services to influence people so that they start moving forward in a more conscious way. So I'm going to stop the presentation here. And I'm going to stop the recording.